This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hey, CIAP sisters. It's your virtual sisters, Bianca, aka BB. Shade or Shade, whichever one floats your boat. And your girl, Jenny from the pod. And welcome to another episode of She's in the Pod, the safe space for millennial women, where we meet bi weekly to talk life, growth, and sisterhood. Hey guys. Hey. Yes. Welcome back to a new episode of She's in a Pod. Yes. The official countdown now. This is three before we. Say yes. goodbye. After this, yes. two more episodes. Two episodes left. Oh the countdown is yeah. crazy now. It's on. It's going to be so it, it, is. It, is. it is. But we it hope is. you guys enjoyed our last episode. That was like a more of a gisty, you know, catch up. Um, but today we have a special guest. Yes, we, do. we are joined we do. by a very, very special found, um, person. Um, would you like to do introductions, Ngozi? Oh, Fella Ibe sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Every I was day so I'm the only one. Oh, yeah. Every Ibe day sister. I'm isolated. It's okay. Ibe it's okay. Hey. Every day. Every day. Ngozi. Exactly. You have to pronounce it well. Every day. Every day. It's okay. Ngozi. Yes. And I'm a mental health leadership expert, Amazing. qualified psychotherapist, social worker, and business strategist. Wow. 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 The list wow. goes on. Amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and obviously you said you're the founder of the Frontline Therapist as well, Correct, right? Yes. So we'll get into that later on. But I yep. just want to start from the beginning in the terms beginning. of like your journey and how you became a psychotherapist and social worker as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What led you to go into that sort of field? No, everyone has a, like a special story. Like, yeah. Oh, this mm-hmm. happened. It was like, yeah, I could give a special story. Mm-hmm. But in a short <laughs> summary, I would say that... Um, I think quite logical. So mm. I was talking to somebody before and saying, I thought I wanted to help people. So I thought, what are the routes to help people? You can be a teacher, you can yeah. be a doctor, you can be all of that. Mm. So when I crossed all the others out of the list, I was like, nah, I could be a youth worker, but youth worker get capped at a certain price. <laughs> I was just oh, like, you know yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me do a social worker because mm. um, it made a little bit more, it was a bit more expansive. And initially I wanted to work with young people. And then when I started, I was like, nah, I'm not working with no young people. The way they work with them, I'm not feeling <laughs> that. But then you look in hindsight and then you realize the certain things that affected you when you were younger. Yeah, that drew you. That. But when you're yeah. making decisions, you're not going, oh yeah, because of this yeah. reason. Yeah. It's just sometimes the circumstances you're put into it. And then psychotherapy was more of, I want to work deeper. Mm. I was really interested in the mind. Mm. And if I'd known when I was younger that being a doctor was not just being a surgeon, yeah. I probably would have been a psychiatrist because okay. I didn't know there were other roles. There's actually yeah. lots of different there roles are, in yeah. medicine, yeah. but yeah, yeah, growing yeah. up, you just think cutting, cutting people. Um, so I wasn't good at science anyway, so I was like, yeah, X, X that, so that wasn't going to happen. So I went into psychotherapy because I was really interested in my own mind, let alone other people's mind, mm. and it made sense to do psychotherapy. Mm. Um, and then that's kind of why I did that. And then 
in doing that, you look back and you realize, okay, it makes sense why I entered into a profession where it's about deeper thinking because I've always been a bit of a deep thinker. I don't right. just take things at face value. Yeah. yeah. No, I always find it interesting, like people who work in the healthcare space or even mental health, so like myself as well, like what actually prompted you mm. to go in there? And it's like for, for me, so I'm an occupational therapist, right? I'm an OT. Okay. I'm an OT. <laughs> you work in the community or in the wards? Or... I work in, in a hospital, psychiatric okay. hospital, but I was working in a prison beforehand. Okay. Um, forensics. I'm a forensic um, but to be honest, before I even got into this space, I didn't know what an OT was. All I knew was doctor, nurse, mm-hmm. maybe psychologist, and that was it. And for me, it wasn't, I mean, I, yeah, I was interested in like the mind, but I wasn't too, too interested. I was more interested in like how to solve problems. And I was, mm. you know, I liked the the healthcare science side of things, but I wasn't that smart. Like I, <laughs> I failed psychology. Um, <laughs> I failed psychology. Um, I wasn't too great at biology, but I was great at sociology mm. and just like putting things together. And mm. that's how I found out about OT. And even getting into forensics, mental health, I didn't know about it until like they sent me, they sent me to Broadmoor on placement. Oh my gosh. I know. That's, that was my mm. reaction initially. That's a gangster but, placement to do, yeah. you know? <laughs> I've watched the deep end. Uh, I've watched a documentary. documentary. Oh, really? I have. Oh, it's, it's oh my god, it's just another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I saw that, and obviously, like my view of it initially was like, oh my gosh, why are you sending me here? But just coming out of it and what I experienced from that also solidified like why I wanted to go into this field. Mm. So I always find it interesting, like different people's journeys yeah. into that. But you mentioned psychotherapy. What is, for those who don't know what psychotherapy is, because obviously there's different types of therapists out there. What is it exactly? In layman's terms, psychotherapy is essentially a practice whereby, let me talk to the people that usually receive psychotherapy. So if you're you're thinking, oh, what is psychotherapy? Why should I have it? It's essentially a, a, I I call it a kind of, for one for a better word, treatment that enables you to heal past, present and future. Okay. Because people mm-hmm. always focus on the past, you know, mm-hmm. unresolved issues. But some people feel that they haven't got much to resolve. So I say mm. you can utilize it to help you deal with the present circumstances mm. and future. Mm. So it's basically a mirror because I think that we can't see our own blind spots. We need somebody mm. else to, to provide that for us. So it's a mirror that enables you to see things you can't see and gives you a safe space to deal with that and confront that space. Mm. Um, and that's what I would say psychotherapy is. It's, a, it's, it's, it's essentially is a treatment. It's a treatment mm. to deal with um, difficulties that we might have. It doesn't have to be deep difficulties. It hasn't got to be like, oh my God, major traumas. It could just be like what we call an MOT check. I want to find out mm. what's going on. Um, because we might know ourselves, but I personally don't think you can know yourself by just knowing yourself. You've got to know yourself once you've seen a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from that, I think you can learn how to know yourself. But some yeah. people are living this false ideology. They can just wake up yeah. one day and go, I think I know myself. Yeah. How? Who told you that? Yeah. You know, how you interpret yourself is by your limited purview. Because yeah. You can't see behind your own back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of us can't even cream our own back, let alone. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That is very so, true. Yeah. How do we know ourselves without having a mirror that mm. shows us the good, the bad, and the ugly? Mm. And are we willing to confront each side of it and accept that those that are ugly, we can actually make beautiful, but we yeah. have to accept that first. We have yes, ugly parts yeah. of ourselves. Wow. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And you know, you've got the frontline therapist as well, 
which I, I heard about for a long time, but I didn't yeah. realize it was you that oh. founded it. <laughs> Your Ibo um, sister. Exactly. <laughs> so um, talk to us about how, you know, why you started it. Um, and obviously, you know, who it's for and, mm. in, you know, how people can sort of access that and things like that. Yeah, no, Frontline Therapist is an affordable um, online counselling service for um, Black and Asian and mixed heritage individuals. Well, it's for everyone, but those are the primary mm-hmm. um, people I created it for. Mm-hmm. Essentially, and you would know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of us um, Black and Asian people in the system, we are overrepresented. Mm-hmm. It's like we are a minority in this country, but we are overrepresented for many mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but we are underrepresented when it comes to psychology within the, um, within the NHS. So within um, the, what do you call it? The cam, cams, um, what's the thing that they give? They give the free therapy that they give? Well, um, free therapy that they give in the NHS? Booking. CBD? Yeah, no, but the free therapy, what do you call it again? Not IAPT. That's it, IAPT. IAPT, yeah. Oh. We're underrepresented <laughs> in, in IAPT. It was, um, which is part of the mental health system, but we're overrepresented within the forensic system. So those That's that get really... um, locked up. Mm. Um, used for criminal offences but also have a mental health disorder mm. overrepresented in prisons and overrepresented in secondary services generally speaking mm. um, but were underrepresented in the more healing pathways so what's going on there and then psychotherapy can be quite expensive you know there was a time in the period and it's still to a degree that it was only accessed by wealthier populations mm. so not even all white people can access it it would be middle class people and even it was even a thing where only middle class people were training that because it's still a very expensive profession to train in. Mm, yeah. You know, mm. I, I became a psychotherapist tooth and um, tooth and measure, but I, I only was able to do that because fortunately I wasn't married and single. I was single at the time, mm. living at home. If yeah. not, oh boy. Yeah. So it's an inaccessible, unfortunately, um, treatment pathway for many people. And because majority of I guess the therapists are white. And of course, when you come from a cultural background mm. that's already misunderstood, yeah. you're, Indeed. You're, you're concerned that when you enter into a space where you're going to be your most vulnerable, it's yeah. not going to be understood. Yeah. So I created Frontline Therapist for that reason, mm. to kind of bridge the gap between price, make yeah. it affordable, mm, okay. and bridge the gap between culture. So giving people, you know, a choice. Mm. Um, if you want to have a person that looks like you, then you can ask for that. Mm. Um, it doesn't always mean it's the best thing, because mm. my therapist is yeah. white. I wanted a black therapist, but then they just, I didn't connect with the black therapist. I connected with the white therapist. Mm. But some people need um, to feel that they are understood and yeah. have to explain certain terminologies. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Certain things, certain yeah. cultural things, especially when you're constantly feeling you you have to explain, over-explain to everybody else. So mm. that's why I created it. Mm. We need to, to bridge that gap and to help our community because still within this day and age, things ain't changing. And what's quite interesting, because I'm doing my doctorate, this is how it's been for the last 25 years. Mm. Yeah. Wow. If you read publications in the 90s, you'll think you'll read in 2023 right now. Wow. Oh my gosh. 20 years ago, there was, a, there was a paper that said four black men are four times more likely to be sectioned on the Mental Health Act. Black men are still four times more likely. Yeah. It's still the same thing. It's still the same. Yeah. Imagine reduce, it hasn't even increased. It's just it's still the exact same thing. And I know that because I, I section a lot of black men. Wow. Um, so it's... Things aren't changing. Um, I, won't, I don't know if they're getting worse, but they're not changing. They're not progressing. Yeah, getting not better. Shifting, yeah. mm. they're being or they static. get stuck. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's, that's what stuck. I find. And yeah. the, issue is, the issue is there's a lot of like performative uh, things that make you think that things are changing yes. from the outside. Because I, I, I thought things were yeah. changing. I mean, from my ignorant, I guess, point of view where I just felt like People are taking mental health a lot more seriously now. There's a lot more awareness. There are a lot more platforms that are encouraging 
you know, people to speak and, you know, like solutions. You know, there's different mm-hmm. um, yeah. platforms. That is and, but in terms, yeah. of, in terms of who's in the system, I think that's that. that so I, I that's thought a, that would have had system system itself system had yeah, changed. The system, mm. yeah. What will it take then? What What do you think? Overhaul. Mm, Overhaul of the complete, system. Yeah. But the thing is about the system, the mental health system, it's in, entrenched within the system of the NHS, which is failing mm, anyway. Yeah. So, oh, it is. So, so it's not even like separated from the, the system itself, yeah. right? Right. Um, so cause we can we can focus on that, and you know I can focus on that, but it's also part of a wider system that's mm. failing yeah. that people overall, people of ethnic minority, poor people, anyone that is below yeah. a certain socioeconomic um living is going to potentially be failed. It's kind of mm. like you're lucky if you get a good experience at NHS. I'm grateful for it. Mm. It's better than some countries, it's better mm. than us back home. Yeah. Mm. However, I've heard too many people don't have great experiences and are looking to go. I'm looking to go private. Like mm. I'm gonna just, you know, do yeah. everything. And I've private. heard it's not that expensive yeah. actually. Like but to, to issue, do it yeah. in terms of like if you have a subscription, so it's actually mm. a lot more worth it in the long run because NHS is. Yeah. But what I heard, I mean, it's so down. the system is so flawed that even if you go private, you're still most of the time having to come back to the NHS. I've heard that. Really, I've, I've, yeah. someone was telling me that they went private for some stuff and their experiences. They came like back you to might NHS. Get ahead of the queue, yeah. In terms of getting but then once seen, you but... get the the actual, they were basically saying that the the treatment that they were getting and the service they were getting. Once they got there, it just it wasn't that much different to the NHS, and it's like, okay, well, why am I paying for this? Mm. You know, so I've heard that a few times that people tried it, and it's not. I think private healthcare used to kind of mean a lot more years ago, mm. and I don't know if that's because it was guarded from us because mm. we couldn't afford it. So it's like it was made this thing that was like we couldn't access. But now people are accessing it more. Maybe it's always been like that. It's just that they never wanted it. They wanted their own thing. I don't know. But yeah, I've I've heard that a few times. So it's like, okay, what's our options? What are the options yeah, going to be here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you said something about um when we were talking about the system, about the performative. Yes. Right? But it's not only just the performative aspects of companies and organizations mm. saying they're going to make changes. Mm. I think it's us coming together. I think we, we yeah. infight too much. I agree. Yeah. And we don't come together. Yeah. To, I'm not the type of person that feels, I don't think we're going to come together, but yeah. I mean ideas and saying, yeah. let's create businesses and solutions. Yeah. You know, other communities did not complain when the riots occurred. Not at all. About youth clubs shutting down because yeah. they have their own community yeah. centers. Yeah, very right? true. If, if a community, if a state put one pound a week mm. to actually do quite a lot of things but mm. we don't we rely a lot on government mm. our yeah. relationship with government I think is quite concerning that concerns me anyways yeah. so for me I'm more of like the system ain't changing so let's create something else yeah. like, I don't know how much more we can complain if our grandparents were complaining <clears throat> in the 90s that the system ain't changing it hasn't changed now what, what we go wait for another 20 years yeah, let's exactly. begin to do something um, so I think there's something that's, um, mm. that's we've been What's the word? Disempowers a black community because it seems like when I look at, when I research the papers, the same arguments that were used then are the same now. Same, yeah. The government ain't doing this and it's like, whoa, that's kind mm. of scary. Mm. If in the 90s, essentially nearly 30 years ago, I was born in, I was born mm. in 1991, 30 years ago, people were complaining the same things and things ain't changed. I think then some, that means it's not just saying they need to change, we need to change. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're not going to change, then who's got to change? We, exactly. have, to change. we have to change. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. absolutely. And do you feel like, because I'm also just thinking, I guess, from my experience and what I've seen, the decision makers usually who are at the top don't look like us or anything like that. And obviously they're making decisions for people, black people or ethnic minority people who are in the system. Um, do you feel like not having representation up there can also have an impact on 
you know, the care and the treatments and just 100%. the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For my TED talk. That's what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. talking about how can we disrupt the absence of black women um, leaders at the top of corporate Britain, but that includes all institutions. Mm. And especially with yourself and stuff that we can talk about off the podcast, but anyone listening is becoming a non-executive director. And so yeah. you can do that. To, you can become, so you know, when you are, I don't know if you work at NHS, right? Mm-hmm. So you would see that it will have the executive directors and non-executive directors. Yeah. I think you should definitely consider that. So it won't be in your NHS trust. So yeah. and, the, mm. and non-executive directors, I would say Ned for sure, is basically part of the decision-making mm. in any company, organization. Anyone heard of trustees? Yeah. Yes. It's basically that, but okay. paid in corporate okay. sector and NHS. A lot of us don't know about that, but mm. we need to be getting into those positions because mm. we essentially, if you're in a company, you actually then be put on, put on company's house. You'll, be, you'll go on as a director on company's house. Okay. Um, but you can be on a, um, you can be a Ned on um, the, the prison, different things. So obviously yeah. in public mm. sector, you won't be on um, company's house. But essentially you affect decision making. Mm. So you're sitting with the chair, the CEO, and all the exec teams, yeah. right? So yes, that's what that's what I mean. We need to see. We didn't know, but I didn't know about it until yeah, months ago. I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute. There's access to people making power that affect us, and we're yeah. not involved in that. Because mm-hmm. the issue is, is that we're getting involved. We're writing after the decision has been made. Mm, we need it. to be involved prior in those to the decision making. Made, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, is a lot of it to do with access to social capital and knowledge. We don't mm. know about roles like this. Like, oh, I can do this with your experience as an OT. Mm. You can work in another um, NHS trust at top level, making sure that that trust is considering the lives of ethnic mm. minorities, the lives yeah. of black mm. women, especially when it comes to you know maternity, mm. all of these different things, right? Mm. So, um, just as that's a good plug to say, think about anyone listening, non executive director put that in google mm. start researching and consider maybe if you don't think i'll oh, have enough experience do a do a trustee well which is free in a charity yeah. Yeah. become a school governor year or two and then start applying because mm. it's the equivalent role but it's just free yeah, yeah. other yeah. roles yeah that is the um governing experience you need yeah. beca- to become a ned but yes to go back to your question if you have no one that looks like you at the top right majority of people are not pioneers meaning that they don't carve a new way mm. majority of majority of people follow. There's nothing wrong with following we follow and then become leaders, right? Mm. Very few people are pioneers. Not all pioneers are leaders. Mm. So most people need to see somebody to affirm that that is a possibility for them to yeah, open, right? Absolutely. If you didn't know about this, for example, podcast studio, then you're not going to go you go to it. Mm. It's not being promoted. Mm. You can come here and do a podcast. You're not going to look for this podcast. It had to be open and available to you mm. to say, oh, and that's what it means for representation. It means that, oh, there's a visible presence. That means that I can attain to that position one day. Mm. So if you see nobody as a CEO, then in your mind, you would assume it's not open to you. Yeah. You would assume that I don't think I can go there because mm. if there's nobody as a CEO, one, you have no access to know how did you even become that first and foremost? Yeah. Because yeah. there's a way to become a CEO, right? Mm-hmm. You have certain experience, da, 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 da. So you just be looking at somebody going, how did they get to that position? Mm. Exactly. It's like a big yeah. secret. The same with the um, private sector. Um, if things are closed off to you, don't see that. If you don't know any black person accessing certain things, mm. like, how did you do that? It's that yeah. simple. If no one ever went to Timbuktu, you're not going to go to Timbuktu. Yeah. yeah. But, I ain't gonna do it, but I ain't going there. I don't know why. If you don't <laughs> yeah. go there, it's yeah. the, that's the same thing. It's the same kind of understanding. So representation is important yeah. because it enables um, us, um, those that are looking at the top to say, wow, I could potentially go there. I can get into that position and I can also make impact. And also that is probably where you make the, the 
biggest impact in terms of strategic decision making, although those at the, the, the bottom floor, the workforce, are the most important. They're doing yeah. the work. That's yeah. just the reality of it. Yeah. So but true. unfortunately, they haven't got the power. Yeah. Yeah. They're so what, doing what they've been told to do. So what would you say to people who like hear what you're saying, but from your experience, think, well, I've maybe people have had those experiences or they know people have had those experiences. But because I, I have had circumstances or seen circumstances where there are people, I know people in these positions, but they almost feel as though they've been treated like the token person, yeah. like the token representative for whether it's uh, somewhere in Asia or, uh, you know, a black, whatever it is. Um, Like what, what advice would you give to people who just feel like, okay, is there even any point of trying that? Because even though I'm there, is it just to make them feel better? Are they going to really hear what I have to say and yeah. take that on? If you were a token, then you were a token. So you yeah. need to fight to get uh, at least one or two your voice that heard. look like yeah. you. Mm-hmm. No, it might be to get your voice yeah. heard. The idea of a token is the idea, because it came from an understanding that, so when there was a time that it was only men that were in the mm. workforce and women came in, women were of tokens, right? Mm. So what they found out in research is that when you have one woman on a board of something, for example, on a board of directors, she can't make a yeah. change. She's yeah. only one person. But if you put two more free, yeah. it's called an attrition rate, it, then you're able to make a bit more change. More, more impact. Power yeah. in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a token, then what you should first fight for is to get somebody else Some, right. more people. on. Because okay. right. you need that support. It's yeah. very hard yeah. one person fighting against 10 other yeah. people. Mm, Not that they're yeah. all constantly fighting, yeah. but if you're coming from a different diversity of thought, yeah. different perspective, mm. and you're the only person, you're the only person yeah. thinking that way. They're yeah. going to be like, you're the only one. Yeah. You all agree with this way. Yeah. So the idea of a token is the fact that you need to increase your tokenism. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you're no longer a token. Yeah. You're now just a small minority yeah. that now has a voice. You have a yeah. greater voice in numbers. So the issue of tokens that. is that tokens either like to be the token, mm. right? Yeah, there are some. Um, they're they're <laughs> in their space. Yeah. Or the company only wants one person yeah. to say that they're that. Just, just that's, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Just just that box off, so right. you're, you're kind of satisfied to be the one yeah. and the company also satisfied to keep you as the one. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the first job of a person, if you're the first of anything in the position, you, you need to more, make yeah. sure you're no longer the first. Yeah. yeah. You now that's have it, second that. or third people because mm. that now supports your voice. Mm. Also at the same time, just to add though, is be the token person. Make sure you don't get someone that is just like you because there is no point. Yes, me, I agree. me. I won't want to have a black person just from Hackney, just like myself, because yeah. there is no diversity. Just because we look, yeah. the, the, we're black, doesn't mean that's diversity. And that feeds into the stereotypes that so they may think about so us. Yeah. Okay, that, then, so yeah. there yeah. was research that's shown, for example, if you got a black man from Eton, though there's probably very few, a black man from Eton, right, and you see him go, oh my god, he's in this amazing position. He probably thinks quite similar to another white man from Eton. Yeah. They come from the same cultural background. Exactly. So his race is different. So the whole point of diversity of thought as well isn't just racial, though that's part of it. It is also the way someone thinks. 100%. Where they, where yeah. they come from. So as a black woman, I come from, for example, um, we're Ibo. So do we, they be, we're, we're quite similar. Are you Ibo? You're, you're no, Ibo? I'm, I'm just Caribbean. You're Caribbean. Yeah. So though we're all black, there's another diversity there because she's yeah. from um, the Caribbean. Whereas we are not as diverse as we think we are. Mm. We're all Ibo. Yeah. So even though we're different, it's yeah. just the idea that then there's no point having a, a whole team of people and you've got four black people. Where are you all from? Oh, you're all from Nigeria. Yeah. Well, then how diverse is it yeah. really then? Because you're the same cultural background. And so, although it's not our job to teach them how diverse we are as a race, yeah, I think it just, it gives a, a level playing field that like, again, like you're saying, we don't think the same. I think it's, um, 
it, it kind of shows them that there is how much diversity there really is yeah. within races, within even, you know, for example, me and Jennifer, we're both from South London. So there's things we're going to have in common. But at the same time, like we've grown up in different, went to different schools. So there's there's the differences and the similarities. And I think the similarities is like you were saying, is what we can use to kind of like add power to our voice. Yes. But the differences also show people that, okay, do you know what? Like, again, if we're talking about working on a specific project and I don't know that project is for people in Southwark, there's going to be different perspectives because, okay, I grew up in Southwark, but then Jen grew up in, I don't know, Hackney or a different borough. So I think that is such a great point and what you were saying, because I I always just wondered like, okay, how, when we get to the top, I don't always feel like the top is the prize because mm. of how people may be treated or because like you were saying tokenism but I think like you were saying the power in, in numbers power is so numbers. important like, and like you were saying if you're the like that that's lot, one, one thing my, you said to me hit me because one thing my mum would always say to me is like if you're the first of anything make sure you're not the last yeah. like she'd always say that's that it. like you always have to that. make the, if you have to be that sacrificial person to yeah. endure the most pain yeah. and like you know break certain uh, chains and stuff like that so that other people can come and, and, and you're making it easier for them, yeah. then it has to be the case. But just make sure you're not the last one. But I think yeah. our parents' generation failed us. Oh, 100%. But they didn't yeah. pass the baton down now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well I agree. Because I agree. They, should be, they, should, they should be more changed from the 90s. But something went wrong with the buttermilk. I agree. Yeah, there's no way that I'm seeing statistics and it's the same. Yeah. It's on. literally the same thing. Like the other day I was looking, I mean, and it caused such a... Like an opera, and I, I remember I was reading it. It was about, um, you know, how black women are something around like depression, and um, that's that's stuff that we already know. I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me see if I can get it up. So it was. I think I saw. A so post it says, about yeah, this. according to a new study, signs of depression in black women yeah. are less obvious. I saw that. Yeah. Right, wow. and it had like. But less statistics. obvious to who? To that's exactly. the question. But and, and I read it, and I was like. <laughs> Well, yeah, duh. Like this is this is not obvious new, stuff. Yeah, you know. So why is it? It's like we keep regurgitating. Repeating. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing different new. things. Yeah. And, and let me say this as well. Yeah, black people, we need to go into other forms of profession. We need more research. Yeah. Sickle cell. A hundred percent. Yeah. Underfunded. Yeah. 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 Right. Do um you do, yeah I don't want to say the other things. Sickle cell is underfunded. Right. So that's why for me a lot of. Sometimes the black celebrities they piss me off because I don't understand what's going on. Like I said to the I said to my husband, when I make a lot of money, I'm going to invest in sickle cell. I don't have it, mm-hmm. but his his family um have it. Um his sister has it. And but it's but such a thing. I, I was one of the things that we had to do when we first got together, we had to do a sickle cell test. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to get yeah. a test, mate. I had to yeah. basically say, Yeah, I'm trying to get babies. Because the guy mm-hmm. with my, my GP was like, Oh, why do you want to do sickle cell? I'm like yeah, Nigerian. I, yeah, like, I, I heard it's I'm not married. readily like it's not. No. It's not freely given. You You'll have go to have like a, a solid reason. Yeah, and I just wonder: thing. is it because it's only a flat, it affects black people, uh-huh. so yeah, they just kind of yeah. push it to the you know low the priority list? Because we also don't prioritize it. That's just that's the thing. Well. But we then it's, it's the knowledge it. is power. It's like I, you know, maybe only some years ago I found out about the fact that it's it you know the two spouses if you get together to, to get tested for those things like mm. those are things a lot of people in the black community aren't even aware of so they get together they marry someone or they have children with someone not knowing what they're carrying or yeah. if they're carrying anything and it's, it's that knowledge as well so it's, it's it's like you were saying like passing on the baton or I think one of those things is it's like the things that you've you've the knowledge that you've gained from experience I think there was uh, there's an essence of our parents not passing down yeah, that knowledge to us be because even if they didn't know, it's like okay, do you know what? I didn't know this, and this really affected us, and it pained us. But you, now you should know. We know in Nigeria, ah, the first thing that they do when yeah. you're getting together is easy to go. Yeah, like, yeah, really. Yeah. But yeah. It's like see in the Caribbean thing. We do that's but, not and, a thing for no, us. No, but the thing I didn't know until it was until it 
I met the person. Yes. And the first thing okay. was got to get tested. Well, you should, like, be, you should have known that. Like, yeah, I should have told you. That's why I should have said to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have told you. Yeah. For me, it was just, so I have the sickle cell trait. Okay. And it was just a random blood. T- I don't know what I did the blood test for. And I remember the doctor just saying, oh, no, the doctor didn't say anything. I was just looking through the sheet and I saw the sickle cell trait. I was like, what is that? Mm. What do you mean by that? See, and that's curious. when the doctor told you me. Asked. And I went back home. I said to my mum, hey, did you, hello, did you know that I have the sickle wow. cell trait? Yeah. She's like, huh? So she didn't, she know. didn't even know. Oh, and wow, I had to keep wow. asking family members, like, hello, who, who knows? Who, who knows? Yeah, like, who what's knows? going so on? On my mum's side, on my dad's side. Wow. Nobody knew. And it's like, again, the thing about like knowledge and yeah. whether they know it or not, like just knowing to check for these stuff or yeah. telling me, like, oh, actually, from a young age, because I found out at a later age, mm. go to the doctors, check your blood type so that I know what to do in the future if I want to have kids and, you know, mm. whatever decision I want to make around that. But yeah, it, it was such a shock. And I'm sure like a lot of people have gone through that same thing where either they still don't know till this day mm. or they've just randomly found out. Or yeah. maybe via social media, because I know there's certain platforms now yeah, like yes, that get yes, who are yes. talking about like sickle cell. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think knowledge is definitely important. And, and also in like mental health and, you know, mental health is obviously an umbrella for so many different conditions, mm. but even the conditions that we come across, right, in our settings, like different psychosis and you know, just the terminology like PD and even ASD, like autism spectrum disorder, like a lot of clients that I work with and their families, I have to really go back to basics with them Mm. in terms of this is what it is. Like they get a report, they speak to the consultant who most of the time isn't of the same background or, you know, color erases them. Um, And then they sort of turn to me and they're like, well, what what did he say? Can you please explain it again? Mm. And it's just so heartbreaking. It's, that they don't yeah. even have the chance to be able to understand yeah. like what condition they have or their family members have. But so I've, I think I've seen some experiences where black as a race, black people, some people are actually scared where they know something's wrong, but they don't know how much they're going to be looked after. Like, and they're almost mm. scared of like my, a friend of mine. So my mom used to be in her early years. She used to be a social worker. Mm. And, um, she, there was a story about my mom where she always, like, if she met someone, even if you're a baby, she immediately knew. Like, my, my nephew, at about two months, she said to my sister, you need to go get him tested for autism. Wow. And my sister was like, I'm not going. I'm not, for about three, four years, she just refused. And in the end, she went and got him tested and he, he was autistic. And like, so she was very good at picking things up at a really early stage. And I remember one time she was telling me a story about how um, she was, she did a visit and she was telling, um, a young a young lady that she should go and uh, get her uh, child tested for ADHD and she's basically just saying that the young lady was saying how scared she was because she as a black boy she doesn't know if like the system's gonna look after her, her son like if he's gonna get the care that he needs and it's like okay well I'm gonna be left with this diagnosis not knowing the information I need not knowing yeah, what I'm gonna do and so reality. a lot of people yeah. are just they know something's up but they're just scared because they don't mm. want to be and it's like they don't what you're want saying to face about the amount of men that are committed under the Mental Health Act. Yeah. Some mm. people know, but they're like, well, well if I go... It's a protocol. Yeah. Mm. Haringey, for example, hasn't got an autistic um, service. So if wow. you're on Haringey, you have autism. Your oh. hackney has. Okay. So, that's crazy. It's, it's very true. It's a postcode lottery. So depending on the area that you live, yeah. depending on the services and provision that are around, if you do get a diagnosis, if you do get a statement of um, learning um, learning disability, um, what support are you going to get? Yeah. What support are you yeah. going to get? And the reality yeah. is, in all of the different services, 
we are overrepresented. Yeah. yeah. Which is in the scary. system, yeah. We're yeah. underrepresented at leadership. Mm. <laughs> We're underrepresented yeah, in, in all the decision making yeah. all of that stuff. Aspects but in of things. anything that has yeah. a level of injustice that is so overrepresented. We're overrepresented in the in the children and families. Yeah. In child protection. Um we, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't say for sure if we're underrepresented in. I think we probably are in disabilities. Mm. That's what's interesting. Yes, we're underrepresented uh-huh. in disability. But when we, when we get, when we do get a diagnosis, mm. the the level of support. That's the question. Yeah, right. about the understanding. And I think it's because. Uh, mental illness in this country, mental health in this country, was understood under the white gaze. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. of their, yeah. their, all of their patients were yeah. white. Mm. So trying to understand mm. what mental illness, mental health, what ASD, what ADHD, what all of these different conditions look like in black people, who they themselves are trying to understand it and come to terms mm. with it, and there's not enough research done being done on us. Um, we're so anti a lot of things just yeah, people yeah. because of what we've gone through we don't get in, get involved in research so yes. that means that there is a lack of understanding for example mm. eating disorders you will know right yeah. when I do eating disorder training they never they rarely have a black person shown on mm. their thing because um, yeah so when you're being trained I, I ask I say what about black people or black women or Asians like yeah Wow, yeah, it was true. They, they even want wow. to say. It's so funny you say that. that. It's like a slightly different angle, but just me being pregnant and um, looking at googling loads of things. Like if I have this symptom or that symptom, all of the examples I see are for white right, people. Yeah, I don't right. go red. Yeah. I don't turn purple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. So, yeah. like, sometimes I'm trying to match their description yeah. to what I think could be could related be, yeah. to me. I'm just like, I just wish. There were more kind of black people in this area, so that yeah. we have our own examples yeah. to look at and relate to. So that that just struck a, a but chord. But it goes when back you to that. what you know, what you were saying about just us having to do it. You know, yeah. us having to create practices. We need, things, to, yeah, yeah, we need to create know, our own the, systems. Yeah, be and, the researchers. Yeah. Be yes. the, the non-executive director. I love that. Yeah, yeah. and I'm yes. going to suggest that to my husband because he actually works in NHS as okay. a matron. Yeah. What? So he, yeah, she's already banned eight then. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he needs to. Like, I'm gonna. I'm yes, gonna definitely suggest that, that him. Extra, it's a part time role. So yeah, you can do like two or three days a we month. We need. We need more. Wow. Like, and he works in mental health too. Yeah. So, yeah. so hundred percent. Tell him yeah. about that because it doesn't stop him from his role, and that enables him. So if he wanted to go even further in his actual role, but yeah, there's lots of people that are working full time and have just an extra few days, and you get good that's decent great. money. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The change wow. needs to start with us, and once we know, we need to do something about it. That's I it's think it's the, it's the yeah, it's the letting go of the fear. You know, yeah. it's even like you know the, the saying of well, black people are scared to go to the doctors. Even just stuff like that in general of like yeah, it, the, there's a fear there. But I think one thing that I am learning with the fear is that it's not just about me; it's about generations after me. Like, and I think that's what it is because when we we are engulfed in that fear, we're just thinking about ourselves. Like, mm. how am I going to live or what am I going to mm. do? But it's okay What are my children Or so-called children Or my nieces My nephews How are they going to suffer Or how yeah. are they going to live After this When I'm long gone yeah. Is this something They're going to still be suffering Because I decided Not to do anything mm. about this And I think that's Yeah that's something That I'm Love that's that. But I, I do I will say I do understand Where that fear is. Oh 100% it's, um, it's valid it's Again valid. just going back To the yeah. criminal justice system A lot of the people that, that have gone through there That you know Once they end up in, in On the wings On the cells They end up You know Having a crisis or whatever Mm. and they get sent to us right Mm. and usually when I read the case reports or you know any sort of clinical notes about them especially if they're black 
there's barely anything to be found. Mm. I'm here sort of scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, if they've come to me for like a cognitive assessment or, mm. or this person needs an, an ADL or a query ADHD, query ASD, but then you've got some of like our white counterparts where I can go as far as back as primary school. Mm. But then for the black population, I can't see anything. Mm. And I've worked with so many young, older, whatever age, black men who... Clearly, there is something there. Mm. But for whatever reason, this has been, um, you know, obviously because of how society is, they're, they're told they're aggressive. Mm. Their, their crime is yeah. the one thing that they look at. They're not looking wow. at other factors they're that might yeah. contribute yeah. how they got yeah. to where yeah. they are yeah. at, at the moment. Yeah. You know, like mm. they're hearing voices. No, but this person did this. But yes, this person's mentally ill as well. Mm. Yeah. So I understand why like mothers, friends, families yeah. would not want to... Me, I'm scared and I work mm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm scared too. I'm scared because mm. I wouldn't put... I've put too many people in hospital that yeah. I myself wouldn't put myself yeah. in yeah. Yeah. those places. Yeah. So that I had no option because mm. you cannot be yeah. out on the street because you are very unwell. Mm. But it is scary. You know, when... Um, yeah, part of the reason why I was was probably depressed for even a long... I never went to my GP. I could not. My GP was rude. Wow. wow. It was rude. And, and that's why we don't have a discussion. We don't have to have, have it today, but something to be discussed. A lot of GPs are Asian. So it isn't because they they're are, white. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that's, that's something that's happening a whole, there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. You know what I'm saying? That's, yes. and that's, that's a good point. Yeah. My old GP in, in, in Hackney, State Newington, his dad was so lovely. I remember the lollipops I used to get, oh. but when his son took over, bruh. Really? All I can say, I would cry when I leave the GP. Wow. And one time, I remember going to my GP and he was like, he literally was like, he used to get bullied, didn't it? Like he was really enough for my kid. Oh and the my way gosh. he did that, I just started to cry. Mm. And then one time, so and I used to get so scared. I used to go to my mum, make my mum go, as an adult, I used to say, mum, please come with me. Wow. My mum would be like, mum, shut up, let her speak. And Ugh. I was like, oh, this is the reason. Yeah, that is yeah. why I never went to the GP. Because yeah. That's he awful. just made it. Yeah, I don't know if he knew he was that horrible. Yeah. He I'm was sorry absolutely went through that. That horrible. is not. So it wasn't even like, I- maybe it was a racial thing. I don't know. But it wasn't even like I was thinking race. I just didn't like my GP. Yeah. I didn't have any experience. Yeah. I remember one day before I left um, Hackney, um, calling and they said, Oh, do you want to see female GP? I said, What? I've oh, got a choice. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. I said, Can I catch the female And from that, I never saw him again. Yeah. Okay. Never saw him again. And she was so lovely. She was a Chinese lady and she was so lovely. And mm. I was like, If I had you growing up, I would have gone to GP all the time. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That, that makes, it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. It, it makes, makes all, all the difference. difference. Yeah. yeah. The so people that are there. Yeah. Imagine on top of that, if he was racist towards me. Right? Yeah. And a lot of people have that. They have those type of experiences. So yeah. no wonder why we're like, I ain't going to the GP yeah. for anything. And even though I've got a different GP, because of that experience, I am hesitant because yeah. I feel like I've got a fight. Yeah. I have to fight That's to get my um yeah. to the sickle cell. I asked for a blood test, he said no. Um, I haven't that tried is. to do blood tests, but I wanted to check for anemia. When I went to Nigeria, I found out I'm borderline anemic. Okay. Um, so even now, when I think, oh, someone says to go GP, I'm like, I don't feel, to fight. It's, it's the fight. fight. It's the fight. fight. You're already just trying to get a call. Yeah, yeah because just, you got to prove yeah. why yeah. you still need something. It's, yeah. yeah That's why a lot of people say, oh, when you go there, make sure you exaggerate your symptoms. Yeah, make yeah. sure. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Yeah. I'll have just something literally. Make sure you tell. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like anything you've got to over exaggerate and wow. make it seem 10 times worse than it yeah. is just honestly. to get a decent level of treatment they, they, they do, they've dehumanized us yeah. in, in every aspect of the, these systems it's even like you know when we talk about women giving birth and how you know the women have to fight for pain meds or Gosh. you know I, I think I saw a study one time about you know because obviously we know you know women in terms of black women how more likely they are and etc but I think I saw a, a study one time about you know how black women are treated 
when it comes to in maternity care and stuff like that. And it was just, it was all, it, the, the stats were horrible. Mm. They were absolutely awful. It's almost like they see us and it's that, that whole strong black woman narrative, which mm. happens within the black community. And I think that's, we've partially got to take responsibility for that as well. But I, I seeing how people treat us, especially as black men and black women, almost like we don't feel pain. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. we are, we are prone to experiencing any mental, emotional yeah. trauma, physical, we don't feel it. And you know what's so interesting about it? There's research in America that a person was telling me that they found that not only the fact that we go through medicine and racism, but one of the one of the factors that they start to consider that why black women are more likely to die in childbirth isn't just the fact that our pain is not considered. It's because we're going through so much pain that that level of trauma given birth ends up being the camel that breaks the camel's back. The thing that breaks the camel's back. So the additional, so the trauma of giving birth, because it is a trauma when you're giving birth, mm. right? Because of the way the black woman, the black woman has to survive and navigate life, all that trauma on top of that, okay. because that has not been dealt with. Yeah, it's that, okay. That is that's the like that. Okay. Yes. So wow. if, if so hypothetically, if you have if you've been through some crazy things and had a very traumatic life or been through some, you know, and you kind of, I guess, at some point held it together up until then, if that's an if you go into that that room and you are treated a certain way and you're dealing with a lot of trauma. On top of the fact that you know you're, you're you're bringing life into the world, that can really be like almost the that's last chance yeah. for women. Yeah. So it's an additional factor to consider. And that's why it's really important, black women that are listening to this, is to get help now. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't for wait it until to yeah. grow and yeah. grow and grow and grow. And, grow. Yeah. and I think you see in little kids because growing up in the nineties, it's slightly different now. Where I think some of our children are getting diagnosed too quickly. Yes, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. In the nineties, oh, yeah. black kids were never getting diagnosed yeah. with anything. If I had anything. had ADHD, yeah. but I was just considered a bad breed. Yeah. But it, or I was just considered odd or weird. Yeah. When it was like, huh? my symptoms were so, yeah. my symptoms were just like this other white girl screaming up and down. Yeah. But we were never considered that. We were just considered yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. And when I f- think about all of the kids that were considered bad, definitely bad bruck. Just same, say bad bruck. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Was a bad bruck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting <laughs> how our vulnerabilities are seen as different. Yeah. And because of the way we're cultured so for example when I talk to a young black guy and he I'm assessing him right um and I'm with usually I'm actually with Asian doctors but I can be with a white doctor another mm. Asian doctor and then we're assessing him and he's saying like yeah man da, 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 he's doing all the <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're having a conversation after and obviously he's unwell mm. but I'm sitting there thinking okay no, when I hear the word aggressive, right? Well, and then but at the same time I'm also word, right? have I have I over identified because because I'm used to that, is that not yes, aggressive? You can become so immune to, you can become yeah, immune to what at is. some aspects. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's yeah. really trying to make sure when I'm hearing him, this to me is not aggressive, but this, like, yeah, yeah he's yeah, just yeah. trying. You, it's, it's, that's just the way you have to be hyper aware of that. It's I'm crazy. I've got to be so hyper aware that yeah. I'm not just. Um, I'm not numb yeah. to yeah. behavior that yeah. actually is aggressive because right. I over identify because he's a yeah. black person. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how the same kind of movement and gesticulations mm. can be seen by another culture as aggressive. Mm. Yes. And mm. that's just, that's just 100%. He's just talking 100%. that way. Mm. Yeah. But in certain extra movies, like, oh, no, no, that's when he's yeah. a bit aggressive. The threshold is very different. Yeah. yeah. Because I've seen white people who, I mean, throwing chairs, and I mean, I know it's a bit great, but that is what happens like, yeah. when they're very unwell. Mm. And then the same thing could happen to a, a black person, but the restraints, for example, are About much quicker. People, then yeah. in a second, the alarm's yeah. pressed, then it's like, you've got so many officers or, you know, HCAs coming through. Wow. And it's just, yeah. So I have a question for you mental health experts. Um, how often do you see mental, emotional trauma and issues affect someone's physical being? Like in terms of, 
do you have you had experiences or seen experiences where someone's okay not well um mentally um and it's starting to maybe eventually they become unwell physically as well like in terms of their body just their, their overall physical health um because i think it's really important for especially black people to understand how trauma how these things can affect us physically and actually make us physically sick yeah. like it's it's um we don't connect the two because we you know a lot of things that we ignore because we can't see it or feel it mm. we don't know the things that happen in our body and the things that we're internalizing that could actually affect us physically because I've, I've said to the girls before like my mom passed away from cancer a few years ago and i, I said i've said to my family i genuinely believe that my mom's trauma a lot of things she went through life made her sick it mm. really did honestly i believe that so and, you know, again, she didn't grow up with the tools. She was, you know, as she got older again, you know, she did a lot of things. So she was a lot aware. She was in therapy and stuff. But that was later on in her life. Mm. So I I just, I, I it's such a, a heavy on my heart because I really wish people took the care to look after themselves mentally more mm. to understand that, okay, it, it, both are important, but to, it could get to a point where, okay, this is starting to now affect your physical body. How often do you see things like that or... Can you explain how real that can be? Because I don't think a lot of people really get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from I mean, the first thing I sort of thought about was, and again, maybe this is from my like, what OTs usually look out for. It's like self neglect. Okay. Right? Yes. Is the first yes. point, but it gets ignored usually. Yeah. Um, especially that person. You know, they're not eating well. Um. Not, you know, not enough fluids and not taking care of themselves, like self-care yeah. is, you know, non-existent. Mm. And especially like when they, you know, sort of come in, when they're very unwell, you can already sort of see physically yeah. that this person's unwell. And sometimes they don't always have to be shouting or don't yeah. always have to be like, you know, out outwardly, you know, showing all these symptoms of uh, mental illness. Sometimes they can just be quiet. Mm. We've got a lot of people who are, um, selectively mute, mm. right? Wow. Um, they can speak, obviously, it's but just, maybe yeah. because of some sort of trauma or whatever, they they're not um, talking at all. So that can affect them functionally, functionally as well. Um, and then of mm. course, like the more physical health side of things, like high blood pressure mm-hmm. and just the stress that they're internalizing and not having, not being able to speak to anybody about it. We've got some people who have experienced like so many like. The trauma that they've experienced, I can't even like mm. imagine it. Like when I read their case or if they start opening up about it as well. Um, and then just seeing the signs, like their body is just tired. Yeah. Mm. They're That's tired it. of That's fighting, That's let it. alone mentally, like yeah. physically, they can't even get up or anything like that. Mm. So wow. in that sense, I've definitely seen that. And and that's where it's like, it's not just about medication. It's mm. not just about, you know, therapies and stuff. And that's where we come in in terms of getting them to be able to take care of themselves again, because again, that sort of contributes to recovery, right? Mm. And it contributes to, you know, how we can get them well enough again. Mm. But yeah, I think physically, there's so many other, you know, symptoms that people ignore. Yeah. And people don't know about, I think that's the knowledge as well. Or they wait until, unfortunately, it gets to the point where it's detrimental. um, And it, you know, it costs them their life sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Um, So yeah, what about... Yeah. yeah, I would. So I would say I would to add to that just to contribute would be, for example, a gut holds a lot of hormones and stuff. Yes, so a lot of irritable bowel syndrome, mm. a lot of Crohn's disease, yeah. a lot of different um, kind of autoimmune diseases that occurs, especially within within the gut. A lot of my friends that have that say they definitely was their trauma. Mm. 
Maybe wow. they're in the extreme end, so talking about yeah. the other end, just generally exactly people just having things like yeah. that from childhood and not forgiving. Um, they they feel like yeah, that's what's caused a lot of their wow. a lot of their issues. And wow. I remember when I was doing, doing my therapy journey, there was a woman who had um, I think it was it it was Crohn's disease where you get lo- lots of pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she said her Crohn's disease, she was on steroids, lots of steroids, and she through therapy was able to go off steroids by forgiving her family. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's, you hear that a lot see, of people, crazy. so a lot of alternative medicine. Yeah. So, um, mm. when you go to like, um, nat- natural paths and stuff like mm. that, they'll begin to tell you like yeah. how, you know, because of this, and it also affects your posture. Yes. So, yeah. So like, carrying mm. pain, carrying trauma can affect, again, not just your mental, your physical. Yeah. So even if you're not uh, mentally disordered. Exactly. Mm, it yeah. can affect you in other ways. Yes. And I think a lot of black people, a lot of us black people, we don't talk a lot about our pain mm. in this depth. We yeah, talk about yeah. racism. That's probably yeah. the, the pain that we go to the easiest. The yes. to yeah. to, but yeah. we don't talk about how that then affects all parts of our bodies. Because out of maybe 10 friends of mine, maybe six, seven of them now, you know, has to be particular in food. We can't eat the way we used to eat. I can still eat yeah. to a degree. Uh, but yeah. even I can't drink milk anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's just certain foods I can't yeah. do anymore. I'm like, bro, what happened, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, eating that cheeseburger next minute, you're like, I'm going to be in the toilet for yeah. the yeah. So, um, it's even the smaller things that people like you think it's just oh you're getting older but sometimes it literally is the mind connected to yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah wow yeah, yeah. so a lot of my That's... friends are, are doing a lot of um, not only just eating clean but living clean in terms of yes like, the healing forgive, and the yeah, forgiveness mm-hmm. that's affected, that's affected wow so one of my friends said she had a quiet anger um, and she thought that's also that's what made her have irritable bowel syndrome because her anger was just in there. Mm. She doesn't. She didn't um, outwardly show anger. Yeah, exactly. She was receiving with anger yeah. when things that occur and happen. And she thought that's what's that's what's caused uh, oh. health issues. And that's a responsibility that we have to take as individuals we do. because yeah. it's not like you were saying. It's not people who are diagnosed or could show obvious like mental disorders or they've been diagnosed with that. It's literally just. Your everyday person yeah. Yeah. that like you're dealing with things. Everyone has you know has dealt with some sort of unforgiveness or bitterness or upset or hurt, and it's just yeah those things. It's the everyday things that I think I'm like. I wish people knew how these things affect you, yeah. and that they can really show up in every aspect of your life, not mm-hmm. just in in terms of the way you talk or your relationships, but literally the way you sleep. You know mm. the way you eat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is so important. And again, as black people, overeating, undereating, exactly, yeah. exactly, all of mm-hmm. it. It's just Make you know sure. all of it. The way, even the way you talk or articulate yourself, sometimes it's like you know I've had to. I I'm always I've always been a talker, but it got to a point a few years ago where I was in a therapy and I was like. I like to overshare a lot. Why am I doing that? Mm. Like certain things that, is it something that I'm proving or I'm trying to like, what is it internally? So even the everyday things, it's not, you don't want to get to a point where you're overthinking everything you do, right? And that's the, the line you got to draw. This, you know, in this world where we're talking about mental health so much, I don't want to get put to a point where we're driving ourselves crazy trying to mm. diagnose ourselves with, with things. But yeah. I do think, you know, being more self-aware is so important because our bodies are, we've only got one. Yeah. Honestly. We only have one. Absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. like, I said to my mum the other day about like hoarding. Yes. Right? Oh gosh. Why? Oh why does she see that? Like, yeah. She so on my nerves. That spirit of hoarding. The spirit of hoarding. And I think the reason why that came up is because I read something just randomly somewhere around how 
hoarding and mental health can be linked oh, in terms of I know that's facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's clients I have I have clients I had well, I had clients on my caseload that mm. were hoarders. Wow. Wow. A lot of us I don't know how it is in the Caribbean, but a lot of Africans they hoard. Same yeah, yeah. It's same. to the point we same. can't go into their house. It's the same. Mm. But because they are going to work. Some of these people are social workers. Some of our yeah, nurses are social workers. I know someone who's like a social worker and they work in housing and socials. And I, they are a, well, I tell you, they're a hoarder. They are wow. a hoarder. And the thing is, I was telling my sister, I was telling my sister about this person. And I was saying that it's funny because I used to get so frustrated at the, the fact that this person hoards so much. I was like, why? But then as I've spent more time with that person, it's almost like an extension of what's going on in the mind. Yeah. Because it feels like so much is going is on yeah. at yeah. once that they can't. They can't like streamline they, yeah. they won't be yes. under mental health services exactly because yeah. they are somewhat functioning. Yes, yeah. it's that function of yeah, yeah. 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 So many yeah. I know wow. right now the listeners are like, oh my god, I've got that answer. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's my mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They will only clear up when family's coming. So when family's coming, they put everything. That was yeah. me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or it's like no, 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 wait. So I'm going to send it to Nigeria, and it's like yeah. you had exactly. it for ten years. Let's throw it away. My mom was the queen of throwing things away. Listen, if you had things, yeah, you didn't use it for. A month or two It's in the bin yeah. We used to get so frustrated At her My brother would Always <laughs> shout at her She didn't care And I'm the same way I, I, I can't have things Like mm. my sister would be like Oh no you might need that She's not a hold up But she might You know just in case Maybe keep it for love No 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 it's going yeah, I'm yeah. just It's going Yeah me too No it's okay God will bless you The resources If I need it again I'll buy it again Okay I'm not holding it You need a pastor I'll be like Just wait for one more year Yeah Let's just my mind the way i like my space my environment my mind reflects that i cannot yeah. function mm. if my environment is not in a certain in a certain like a space or you know in terms of how cleanly it is yeah i can't my mind just doesn't work so mm. i know what i need mentally my capacity mm. i can't work in the space where there's too much stuff thing. i feel yeah. I like organized overwhelmed mess. really yeah. Organized yeah. Mess, yeah. i like organized mess. when it's when it, everything is cleared i don't know where things are <laughs> I love storage. Like, if, like, but well, even even the storage has to be organized. My like, there has to be yeah. labels. That's, that's like, like, yeah. I'm like, beige. Like, where is that thing? Yeah. Yeah. My seasonings have labels. Everything, See, yeah. everything. Like, wow. do you put things in alphabetical order? Um, I I don't do alphabetical order, but like with my clothes, everything's in color. Wow. Is yeah. Everything's in color. One yeah. day I, I will yeah. get that. I know. <laughs> it is fascinating because I am like, yeah. it makes me feel it? so peaceful. I feel at peace when yeah. things are. Like, I just feel so, like. Hold oh. on. When you're rushing, like, what do you do then when you're rushing? Do you know what? So there are moments where I'm rushing, like, I, you know, like, for example, I'm getting ready and I'm rushing in time wise. But like I cannot You know some people Just like I'll go to bed and clean up in the morning Before I go to bed I, Everything oh, has to be gone and cleared Nah if You wash taken... your place After you eat So not, not straight away But it has to be done that night So yeah It has to be done the wow. same night But And if it's done in the morning It's because maybe I've gotten home at like 3am yeah, Or whatever mom, Like, yeah, But it has to be done I can't go to bed Without washing the dishes I can't wow, I can't yes. leave them overnight yeah. I can't wow. I cannot It's wow. like, even, I know I've actually tried it and there's been moments where I get in bed and I in my head I'm like, oh my god, it's not done. And I just I get up and it's like one or two a.m. in the morning. I have to get up and just do it. So yeah. it bothers me. I, I sleep, even the way I sleep, I feel so much more peaceful and I feel more rested yeah. when, when the things are done. Oh. Yeah. I, I can't the whole thing spirit. Mm-mm. Wow. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot. I'm literally in a fight right now trying to get my storage cleared out. Really? Just wish me luck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I have a certain amount of patience as well. So if like, because I don't live alone, so I don't have like housemates and whatever. So like, they, they are very different. 
And when I tell you, the Lord has been working on my patience because I feel like, you know, one of the, some, someone that I lived, they were, clean, they were redecorating the whole room, redoing it, drilling everything. And for about three weeks, there was just stuff in the hallway. I kept saying to my sister, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And I, kept, I just kept having to... And one day I just said, okay, this needs to be cleared now. It needs to be cleared. And he, How you know, is it? Because you know, I don't know if you found that living with people can actually exacerbate people's mental health issues. Listen, you're not clients, wrong. Sis, you're not wrong. All my clients were either the people terrorising others or being terrorised by other people that they lived with. Yeah, no, wow. sis, you're not wrong. I... Um, Cause right, so I live with my aunt, but right now she's in Ghana. She's been gone for a few months, and the two other people I live with, they're two boys in their twenties, mm-hmm. young, a couple of years younger. One's twenty seven, maybe one's twenty five. Are they related to you as well? Um, so they're related to the aunt that I live okay. with. Yeah, mm. and so during that process, this process, I've been like, yeah, there's been moments where I genuinely felt like in my body, there's just, I just feel overwhelmed. Mm. Because like obviously I don't, I'm I'm learning it's teaching me patience because mm. I can't always like for example once I get married and stuff my husband may be a so I can't always it's, it's not every battle mm. right that's yeah, one thing I'm learning yeah, it's not every battle pick your battles yeah because yeah. it's not because then they'll just be like okay you're just you're saying the most and you're not actually, they're not actually listening to what I'm saying but I have felt moments where I'm like I don't know how much longer I can take this like mm. I feel like I almost sometimes there's days I just want to cry because I'm just mm. like. This is not it. Like, you know, you know, somehow men are. So I'm really doing the cleaning. I'm doing the, just the certain ways they do things. So I've tried to communicate that in the best of my ability, in the most PC way. Obviously, sometimes that doesn't always happen because of my lack of patience. <laughs> but there's moments where I do feel like my mind is going, it's just, mm. I'm going, like I'm going to explode. Yeah, mm. I do. And that's, uh, again, I'm the only one that cleans that. Like, oh, um, yeah. yeah. If, I don't, if, if things are not clean in the house, especially because my aunt's away, it's not, if I don't do it, it's not getting done. Yeah. It's, nothing's getting done. I've never shared so, before, apart from my husband. Yeah. So like this year, it literally is it's it's not for, it, yeah, yeah. Uni, yeah, uni taught me that yeah. sharing is not for the faint hearted. Even with girls, yeah. it's oh, yeah. not, you would think, oh, yeah. girls, no. Girls' toilets are disgusting. What her? Yeah, you'll they see dry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The drain, all that kind of stuff. I'm not even going to get into detail. Yeah. But yeah, so, it's not. Because I'm the sort of person where as soon as I'm done with something, I clean that space. So, I've tried to leave it as long as possible. Mm. So that, but I cannot. There's, yeah. a, there's a certain level I, I, it gets to where I'm like, I can't live like this. So I just have to do it. Oh, so, this, like, honestly, last year when I came back from Ghana, because remember I was living in Ghana. When I was in Ghana last year, I was there for five months and I actually lived alone. That was my first time living alone. And when I came back, I said, oh my gosh, it's because it was a whole new world to me living mm. alone. The fact that I had full control yeah. and anatomy over my over my space, my living. And so this year, I'm 100 percent I'm even I want to live alone now. I know that's for me. Um, but yeah, I, it's 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 tested me to the point where I really feel like it's like I feel tense. Mm. I feel tense. So it's not for everyone living with people. <laughs> and how much yeah. more when you actually are paranoid or you have you have other levels exactly. Of yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? I, I deal with quite a bit of anxiety, mm. and that that is that feeds into things. Because sometimes, like I can even say, "Oh, do you mind? Your dishes has been there for three days." Do you mind washing? <laughs> None of this is real. It's real. Can you oh mind washing? And like, I I'm even got anxiety. Because I, I can imagine I can, how like, annoying. Yeah. And I, I even got anxiety be. sometimes being in the house, like, or saying things that I just, because I overthink everything. Mm. So it's like, okay, oh my God, are they going to make it hell for me now? Now that I've asked them to do something. Like, it's 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 difficult. So I can imagine someone who's actually like officially diagnosed with something, mm. living with people who are total strangers to them, who they don't necessarily trust with themselves, yeah. being vulnerable. It must be extremely difficult. Yeah. yeah it must be difficult. Oh, wow. 
Shade, what are you going to say? I'm going to say your <laughs> name. Make like, sure no. you like, share, follow <laughs> this episode. Even you know it deserves more than five stars. This Absolutely. has been a knowledge-packed episode full of 100%. nuggets. So leave us a rating and review. Leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Um, and we just hope to hear from you guys soon. Yes, feel free to reach out to Ngozi. She's giving you all, in fact, Ngozi. Ngozi, she's no, giving you all her <laughs> details of, of how you can reach her in the frontline therapist. So, yeah, reach out and, and keep supporting us, guys. We we love and appreciate all your listens. See you in two weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.